Hello and welcome to Bevies with the Boys, episode 28 with your Bevy Boys. It is I, Kieran and Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello, Tom. Very funny, I'm, very, very I'm funny. <laughs> I've been planning that for years. Oh, you've peaked too early, Tom. How are you going to be funnier than that for the next uh, half hour to an hour? I don't know. I'm just um, going to sit in silence while you might <laughs> Oh, I love talking. I love the sound of my own voice. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I would like to begin, Tom, with a, a feature that we haven't had in a while. The fans have been clambering for it. Um, and that feature is, hey, you, what are you drinking? Duh. The on the spot thing where I reach for an off-screen bowl. Uh, I'm drinking a lovely rum that you bought me before. And I drink quite a lot of Dippy Share Spiced. The Dippy. Ooh. I... It annoys me you call it Duppy. I don't know why. I always see it as Duppy. Because it is D-U-P-P-Y, isn't it? It is, which is Duppy. Why is it Duppy? Because I'm a child and it sounds funnier than Duppy. <laughs> Tom, say penguin. A penguin. There we go. That's all we need to hear. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no well, I... I, the reason I ask is mainly because I want to brag about what I'm drinking. <laughs> um, okay, which cool. is... Well, only because it's quite unique for once. It is... I don't... Technically, it does not have a name, um, and I'll tell you why it doesn't have a name. It is because it's cider that I've made myself. Um, I have it in a glass bottle here, and I thought, you won't be able to hear this over Discord, I don't think, because I think it cuts out audio, but I thought I'd do a bit of ASMR pouring, because usually when I open these glass bottles, they've got kind of like a flip lock lid sort of thing. I don't that's not what you call it, but whatever, like that's the, what I'm calling the it. mason jar sort of seal. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they usually have a satisfying pop when they open and then uh, a good pour. Before, so let me try and before open Before we oh, do the little oh. pop, I do want to point okay. out you have brought this section back for the first time in this week, <laughs> for the only time, just to brag about the fact that you've made cider. And I just want to highlight yes. that. <laughs> as yes, the little absolutely. Fact the you, Are you surprised? <laughs> no, you do your little ASMR section. Right, we'll uh, I will explain there. the process afterwards because I'm sure people are fascinated. But uh, one I'm second, let me pop excited. this open. Oh! Mm. oh, I don't know if you caught that. I heard that. That is going to blow the speaker. <laughs> right, I'm going to pour this in my glass. So while you're pouring away, uh, I'm actually genuinely interested. It's quite a remarkable feat to make your own booze. Uh, how did you, one, even think about starting doing it? And two, how did you go about doing it? Right. Uh, I'm just going to have the initial sip and then we'll get to your questions. Let's see how it is. Hang on. That's fair. Do we get a Kira McLoon taste test review? That's pretty tasty. Um, how did I do it? Why did I do it? Well, my girlfriend for Christmas, um, the wonderful girl that she is, she... Uh, she's kind of bought me everything I would ever need for the last few birthdays and Christmases. So for this year, she decided to get me a um, a cider making kit, uh, which you might think is just kind of a box with a few ingredients and stuff. Oh yeah. no, no, it's just uh, a crate it is. Of apples. It's a um, a thirty liter massive plastic bucket, uh, a siphon, a big stirring thing, a load of cleaning equipment. Uh, 12 glass bottles which is what I've just popped over for this yeah. it's a bigger it's a it's a big operation <laughs> that took over my kitchen for many weeks um and yeah so basically I you it's kind of artificially like people I've given it to have asked about oh is it apple or that it's like well no it's more like you'd probably assume how they make like strongbow dark fruits where it's more There's kind of chemicals <laughs> additives exactly but um, it's still, you put it all in this massive bucket, stir it together and leave it for like two weeks and then you siphon it out 
and then you leave those bottles for a week and then you put them somewhere cold for at least two weeks so it's quite a lengthy process <laughs> it um, sounds like this has taken you a couple of months well bearing in mind you got it at christmas and it's now February. well exactly yeah we're like mid-february so yeah it's been quite an involved process but it's very very fun i'm very grateful to uh to my girlfriend for getting me this initially you kind of receive a present like that and it's like oh my god when am i even gonna like, how do i go about doing giving this? me a plastic <laughs> bucket and some bottles <laughs> exactly but um it's quite nice actually so i'm, I'm just going to take another sip and then i'll give you yeah. the, the the review of kieran cider yeah i want you to pour some in a little envelope and send it my way we'll see if that will definitely work postman picks up on um so the the box initially said that it was like strawberry and lime flavor yeah. uh i guess it kind of is it's more just taste sort of i don't know slightly sour apple but uh it's quite tasty to be fair but the the danger of it um where it is in these unmarked glass bottles uh is that i have absolutely no idea how strong it is because <laughs> the so when you initially get the box it does say that it's meant to be like 4.5 percent abv or whatever yeah. um i think that's a lie because i've i've tried it uh i think it was at the weekend i had quite a few bottles and uh let's just say my tum tum did not like that i did that <laughs> um so i'm gonna assume it's got progressively stronger um yeah. but yeah it's it's very tasty and well, the more uh, time I just you wanted... leave it the more time it has to steep well exactly um but it's tasty i mean it's, it's kind of flat because i haven't you know it's not carbonated or anything and yet there are bubbles in it so i don't know if that's <laughs> something i should be concerned <laughs> yeah, about i don't know how that's i do love a nice flat cider but i always that it's good yeah festival cider yeah absolutely and I, I initially i thought i preferred fizzier cider but i've realized now having drunk quite a bit of this is that the the flatter it is, the easier it is to drink. And not like in a way you want to just neck it. But I don't know about you, if I drink a load of cans of like, I don't know, uh, um, not aspirin. You get a rumble um, in the tum. Well, I don't just get a rumbly tum, Tom. I get uh, a very splitting headache. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's quite nice to have something that isn't full of bubbles and fizz that is just kind of like quite a nice alcoholic, fruity uh, juice, yeah. if you will. You've stopped doing a masochist um, in terms of your drinking. I have <laughs> temporarily, um, but I don't know. I haven't got a name for it. Like I was speaking to my brother about this and he's like, oh, you have to name your side. You have to make a label for it. And I'm like, I'm not Hank Schrader from hit TV show Breaking Bad. I don't, you know, I, I haven't got Schrader brow. Um, so I don't know. I haven't got a name for it. If you can think of one, if the audience can think of one, let me know. Um, but it's, it's a tasty brew. I'll give you that. Oh, maybe that's just it. The beverage of the boys, tasty brew. There's so many <laughs> Very creative. In there um have you been making cider over the past week what have you been up to funnily enough not been making cider okay uh, it'd be quite the revelation if i spun around when i too have spent the mm. last month now i've there is one thing i've been doing for an entire week well two things right. in technicality playing pokemon uh no oh my goodness um i've, I've put that down for a couple of days because i've started watching ozark like the cultured man that i am very good i've been meaning to get around for that for a long time and is it, is it the final season that's just come out or is it like season four or uh, something it's just season four i don't know if it's the final season or not haven't got past season one okay uh what i would recommend is that as soon as we finish talking you turn on your little tv and peepers and give it a go because it is phenomenal watching 
How um, uh, how far through it are you? Uh, well, I've only been watching it for the past two days, I want to say, because obviously work and life commitments, and I am on the last episode of season one. <laughs> I was um, going to say, uh, for you, past two days means nothing, because I've known you to complete entire games within an afternoon, so oh, like yeah. you could have said, oh yeah, I've watched the whole thing twice. <laughs> when I set my mind to something, I get it done. Uh, <laughs> But no, it's uh, to give you a quick rundown of what it is. It's basically mm. a dude that um, he's a money launderer for the Mexican drug cartel. Okay. And then uh, the people he's with do the bad thing and steal money from Mister Drug Kingpin, and he's not very happy. Uh, so he and this is it's, well, it's technically spoilerish, but happens in like the first ten minutes ish. Uh, he offs everybody else and goes. You're a bit of a prick, but you know what? If you can get my money back, fair play to you. I'll keep you alive. So then he has to move to the Ozarks, which is a sort of more secluded place in Midwest right. America. Um, I think in Illinois. And then he has to basically just launder money for this dude. And I didn't think a financial TV show about money laundering would be so exciting. But fuck me, has it got some twists and turns? It's very, very good. <laughs> Because Jason Bateman is the the main guy, isn't he? Yeah, so Jason Bateman's the main cast. Uh, I, for the life of me, could not remember another name of another actor or actress in it. Yeah. Uh, but they're all phenomenal. I know he directed the first episode as well. Um, oh, okay. And cinematography-wise, it's great. Uh, Colouring and lighting is fantastic. It's quite dark and blue, as you can probably tell from like the little trailers you see. Mm. But it lends it to it. It's just fantastic. Um, but it's got me thinking. It's got me thinking. Right, okay. Kieran. The little brain's been going. The cogs are turning. Because I'm a I'm a pessimist by nature. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. no, you're not actually. You're like a little. We always just yeah, everyone I'm, I'm in our friend group calls man. you a Labrador. Yeah, you're like a dog, a puppy well, in I, human form. I want I want to be a pessimist by nature. Um, <laughs> you're just too damn lovable. And <laughs> you need to tell other people that. Uh, <laughs> have we now? Because I I would suggest that we're living in like the golden age of television. The shows are yeah. I think the best they've ever been. Uh, yeah. Uh, are we getting now to a point where we're past it? Because obviously, like The Sopranos has happened, The Wire has happened. Hmm. I just want to get your current view of the state of the media world that is television. Um. Well. <sighs> I think that there, you know, a lot of people are saying we are in the golden age of TV. And I know that the Sopranos and The Wire and the likes were like the early 2000s. But I think that they were almost quite standout in that sense. Whereas now it seems like every other week, maybe every week, there's, you know, a premium TV show that everyone says you have to watch and is incredible. And I think part of that is because streaming platforms have really upped their game. I mean, there's a thousand terrible Netflix shows about young people who have to go to an island and aren't allowed to sleep together um but like at the same time there are shows like ozark and better call saul and um i don't know stranger things on netflix which are also phenomenal um i don't know i mean i don't think we're kind of out of this phase at the minute but we are seemingly reaching critical mass where like like we've spoken about before Disney are now making a show so that they essentially have a new episode of one of their shows every week until yeah. we all die. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like, I, but then I, I, I have an opinion on like I guess the 
the the prevalence of this kind of TV because I you know read the entertainment news or whatever I don't know I go on fucking Twitter is that what that means but like I'm not watching all these shows because I just don't have the time like as much as I'd love to watch Only Murders in the Building and Ozark and all these shows you've recommended it's, there's it's almost a big like time sink in it because they yeah are so- because. <laughs> Well, because it's not just that there's so much like premiere TV, but there's so many movies being released now, again, through streaming services as much as the cinema. There's so many games that are coming out constantly. I mean, February alone, we've covered, we've got like Sifu and Dying Light 2 and Horizon yeah. and Elden Ring. And it like, it never ends. <laughs> it's a constant <laughs> slug. Some might say we're the most miserable we've been. We are. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that there's, I think as long as you don't worry so much about how much you're not watching which is what i unfortunately feel like i do a lot of the time there is it seems like there's constantly something to watch if you want to and not just something to watch but something that is you know of an incredibly high quality um the next i don't know like would be um because you have obviously you got i'd say tentpole franchises as like movies and books of like yeah harry potter's lord of the rings star wars marvel movies all of them are now being transitioned into TV shows. Mm. So you, yeah, I I don't know if that's going to be the new medium for because I I heard about uh, obviously the Harry Potter series is a thing I'm very excited for, which is rumored, but I think it will happen. Uh, yeah. I'm so much more excited for that because it's it takes time and develops characters more. It basically just gives you more of the content. Well, yeah, this is the the thing I've always wondered, like when people. You know, it's not so much a thing now, but I feel like a while ago, big TV shows, they'd announced that they're doing a movie or people would want them to do a movie. It's like yeah. Game of Thrones. People were like, oh, why don't you end it with a movie? Oh, that'd be and awful. it's like, well, it's kind of like, why? Because a lot of TV now, Premiere TV is generally at least an hour. Sometimes with the likes of Game of Thrones and those big series, you get about like bumper episodes that like an hour and a half or, yeah. or whatever. And it's sort of like movies, yeah, I think TV has become the medium that most uh, creatives seem to gravitate towards because, as you said, like Lord of the Rings is probably one of the most iconic trilogies of film ever. And now there's a TV show of that coming out. And arguably, I think that there's, you know, a lot more you can do with TV because you have a lot lot more time with it. I mean, sometimes there's, you know, that really um, isn't in a show's favour. Like I was talking about recently with the whole Archive 81, like that yeah. was felt overlong. I would have loved that as like a little concise movie. But then you get things like, um, I don't know, like The Sopranos say, where the TV show, in my view, is so excellent because it's this long-form storytelling where over the course of 60-odd, 70-odd episodes, there is so much character progression that rewards like long-time viewers. And then they try and make a movie like The Many Saints of Newark, where it tries to... Yeah, because they try and condense that character development that usually takes upward of 60 hours into an hour and a half, while also trying to appeal to a new audience who may not have watched the TV show, while also trying to tell its own succinct story. It's like, TV just seems so much more interesting um, now, like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, there's also, of course, you get you know the the standard tentpole stuff. Like, you get at the minute you got Book of Boba Fett and stuff, and like a lot of the Marvel series. I, but I would argue because I've now I've been watching through Book of Boba Fett. It's yeah, phenomenal at the moment. I've loved it. Really, people yeah. were kind of a bit cold on it initially, weren't they? Oh, uh, it's because it's, it's simply because Boba Fett, rather than being the world's greatest bounty hunter, is just like a big man in a nappy. And I love it. <laughs> Another one of your yeah. fetishes you want to sort of show he's, to he's, the world. He's a big man in a nappy with a stick for a long, a big portion of it. 
And I was yeah. here for it. I, was, I like bumbling around Boba Fett. <laughs> I feel like TV as well, maybe because of the prevalence of streaming services, you get a lot of stuff that you just couldn't get in movies. Like you get, you know, at the end oh. of last year, we were talking about our favourites. Like, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. He That would never get funded as a movie. But no, as a Netflix no show where you... And see that. Well, I would shut up, but um, it's like <laughs> no one in the world show. would ever watch. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson as a movie. It's a very good show or a TV um, show. But um, it's like, yeah, you, TV is like allowing for these much more um, niche things to really take hold. I mean, I haven't seen it, but like Euphoria, everyone's going crazy about at the moment. And I've been meaning to watch that as well as Ozark, as well as a hundred other things. Yeah. But it's like Euphoria apparently has a lot of like graphic nudity and drug and drugs and all this kind of stuff that probably would be a bit taboo in films i mean i know nowadays you see loads yeah. of um you know I, crazy shit but like you say that you but know. we did also recently in the last week see the biggest penis we've ever seen <laughs> on a screen <laughs> i was about to uh yeah transition into that where oh, me and tom went to go to see uh, gay porn in the movies <laughs> <laughs> no we, we well not too out. dissimilar <laughs> we um yeah we went to, i dragged you along kicking and screaming as promised to see jackass forever and yeah. uh, are you ready to eat your words or do you still need some I, more time? <laughs> I, what I do before this podcast every week is okay. I get a little bowl with a nice little mm. spoon and I see chomping away at my words because I'm more frequently than not wrong about all of your opinions. <laughs> and this is one of those occasions where it was probably going to see Jackass in the film. I didn't think it would be my kind of movie or my kind of crowd. I like the other ones, but obviously it is very obscene very brash very laddish humor i think yeah. we can both agree uh one Absolutely. of the most fun movie going experiences i've had in a very long time yeah i definitely think that's the case like it was um i mean uh, you and i throughout we both we said when we come out that like it's about a 90 minute film with god knows how many sketches in it some of them are only like i don't know yeah. 10 seconds long even but there wasn't one that almost everyone in the cinema wasn't like pissing everyone themselves like, laughing at everybody in that cinema came to see the big dicks on the screen and they, they did there was a surprising yeah a surprising amount of dicks um i think i mean i don't know about you i think the standout bit for me by far was because i was sat next to you we were holding hands the whole time it was beautiful oh, um was, and there was candles there was uh a bit just where it transitions off of i can't remember what sketch it was but there's johnny knoxville and um uh, chris pontius and it just cuts to johnny knoxville's face out of nowhere and he just says something like, we've got 15 gallons of pig <laughs> semen <laughs> and me and you just like pissed <laughs> ourselves because it's a really and hard not- cut as well yeah it just comes out of nowhere and yeah. like that not it doesn't even necessarily go anywhere like there no, is a, a kind no of sketch involving that, that. Sketch. there was well they, no. they dump it on someone later but th- their original plan yeah. was to get everybody to drink it and that ends with chris <laughs> pontius just drinking it volitionally just going yeah he just drinks a up. pint of oh he just drinks a pint of pig semen yeah. and it is not something i i but then it's describing it like this sounds really gross but i feel like by that point you've warmed up to the film so much yeah. that it is just it's, hilarious like because they do build the stakes really well where it starts a, it starts very very well it starts with the big dick um yeah but then it kind big of drops dick. the stakes and then drags them up again mm. um but it did it felt like both a good 
send-off Jackass film, but also a kind of passing of the torch because Johnny Knoxville, I would say, was in the majority of stunts, either narrating or participating. But like Chris Pontius was not at all. He was yeah. He was barely seen. I would say no. He's um yeah. He was kind of just there to have some. I mean, I think arguably he was one of the funniest people in the film. Either oh, way, yeah. just because he's like he's just a very funny guy. Um, Steve-O was in it quite a lot. Which is always good because he I just seems like a real nice I, guy. He's just great. He's a swell. I love him. He's a delight. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't want to rub in the fact that you did enjoy yourself a lot, but I'm very glad that you did come along to the <laughs> cinema to see it with me because, as you said, I think like of this probably of this year and the previous few years, there's not been a cinematic experience like that no. where like we were just laughing our fucking asses off for the entire film for an hour and a half and so like we went on opening night and it was packed and everyone was laughing a it's lot it's the most people um, i've seen in a cinema screen uh i was gonna say this year but that doesn't give it much leeway in prob- a good couple of months bar spider-man yeah spider-man was obviously you know that's gonna be huge but no it was it was just great to see i mean it's like an 18 film that is literally just a load of guys where the main punchline is they hit each other in the balls <laughs> and yet it was i don't know just a real fun like good feeling time it's not malicious or anything it's just everyone being idiots and having a great old time yeah i think that's that's a nice little capsulate of it um Anyway, you teased to me before this that uh, that you had some exciting topics to to spring oh, upon me. Do you want to? Everything. Do you want to reveal? Out of my mouth is exciting. Let's be honest. It is. Um, well, no, because I I alluded earlier. There are two things that have been going on in my week. Yeah. There has been uh, watching the Ozarks, mm. and then there has been me constantly walking around both my workplace and my flat singing what i think is the greatest video game theme of all time (laughs) is it persona 5 (laughs) it's not persona 5 at all okay uh because there's one little tune that plays rent free in my head there's a couple of little tunes which i was gonna go into now but the fucking mario kart double dash theme does not (laughs) (laughs) ever left me alone that relaxing little tune. Yeah. Every every time now, I'm gonna I'm it, it, I'm gonna make it now so it's playing in the background, so you can all suffer the same amount that I do. Unless uh, Nintendo strikes us down, which isn't out of the question. Yeah, like like the god Zeus, we get hit with a cease and desist. Um, yeah. But it it just got me thinking because it's it's so infectious. Do you? Because I've got a couple of them that just I constantly repeat in my head. Do you, are there right. like these iconic video game either songs, soundtracks, or even film songs and jingles that you just you've got going, just gets you right in the brain? Um, oh, I think I'll stick to games for now because film I feel like could be another oh, yeah. hour of me just ranting about my favourite soundtracks. But games, I think it's mainly a lot of childhood stuff, which makes sense because it's the kind of stuff that would just like implant in your brain and never let go. Um, Banjo Kazooie, most of that soundtrack for me especially the um the main theme i can't remember what it's called yeah. it's also on smash quite a lot it's like the mumbo mountain yeah the intro yeah. theme for banjo kazooie is uh is just a real earworm in that sense i mean as i said before you uh, said about mario kart like persona 5 i think is one of the most stylistic games ever and the music in that really lends to it i mean the initial persona theme um, when you first turn it on, where it's like do 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 like it's a really good bass. Yeah, um, it's a nice little bass. I, the the um, but, uh, end boss music of Persona. That's what I was about to well. say. Yeah, it just, yeah. The, it, 
pumps you up. The intro theme is, um, yeah, the intro theme's great, but the end music is like more, it's not maybe not more recognisable, but I feel like just because it's like a hundred hour long game and you've got all the way to this point, it almost feels more significant. Like it's just really yeah. adds a lot of gravitas to it. Um, but I'll stop ranting for a moment. What were some of your, your other like oh, real big picks? Uh, my other big, uh, The Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Oblivion, uh, all right. Yeah, well, Skyrim, I think everyone has heard and has gone, but the Oblivion, it sort of, it swells to that nice point. It's like the, -na -na, da -na -na. it's that same sort of motif. That's that Skyrim, isn't it? Yeah, no, but it's the same kind of motif, but it does it and sort of, oh. more, it ascends more rather than going down a note. Um, oh, okay. It, it gets you ready for a bit of adventuring, which is, <laughs> I think it, it just lends itself to the game. It's that, nice. and then I, because I constantly mix them up in my head. Uh, you've got Ratchet and Clank, the Metropolis theme. Okay, very, I don't think I know that. Oh, it's very glitch poppy. Um, but then I don't. You might remember this. Uh, do you remember the game? You'll even know it as Canum Canis Edit or Bully. Oh, Bully, yeah, yeah, yeah I know Bully. Um, again, Canum Canis Edit is the UK name of it, so you should. Yeah, because. <laughs> Our, our public <laughs> couldn't handle the word bully. So like, not, they're not, like, oh, no, that's my time. <laughs> this bloody Tory government censoring everything. <laughs> um, but it's that like, da, 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 with like the high pitched sort of arpeggio. It kind of sounds like I don't think I really know it. To me, constantly. Oh, it, right, okay. It just it keeps on going. It's that high pitched thing. You're like, yeah. I love it. I mean, it's like Vietnam flashbacks for me. I mean, Rockstar games in general, like all of the GTAs, I'm sure everyone kind of has the one that they either grew up with or played the most. Like, I feel like San Andreas, I know most of the soundtrack, but GTA 5, just through how like much I played GTA Online, a lot of the songs from that are on my Spotify repeat yeah. playlists now. Like, the, like just... the GTAs, I, I can't think of like an original GTA song because yeah. it's just the yeah. radio songs, which are just, they'd no, that's a really fair. good play. The same with like the Tony Hawk's games. I could sing every song from Pro Skater 3, but again, they're just a really I suppose, good playlist. Yeah, that does break the rules of your, your initial caveat. Um, I mean, a, a lot of mine is Nintendo-based, like um, um, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Uh, the I mean, you could pick any yeah. music from that, and it's probably embedded in my brain somewhere. But like the, the Lost Woods, I think, is the one on that that kind of sticks out the most. Um, you did mention before that uh, I am usually into very sombre and depressing media, <laughs> um, which isn't entirely wrong. Yeah, and that's uh, all you're known for. Well, on that note, the intro to um, Bioshock, when you first go down to Rapture, and that, 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 I think that game does have a lot of licensed music in the same vein as GTA, but I think the initial music when you first, when Andrew Ryan yeah. kind of has his monologue at the beginning... And then he says rapture and the like projector flips away and then you get this music, this really ominous kind of haunting music. Cause, it's I mean, quite it, brassy as well, isn't it? So it, it makes it just that macabre sound. Um, I can't remember if it's I that don't know. or it's I, violins. I think it's quite, I think it's quite strings based, but yeah. it's very kind of, it really fits the whole theme of, you know, a, a, a civilization and a city that was once there and has just decayed and is just, you know, decrepit. Um, so yeah, that's not quite as fun as the Mario Kart theme, but it's it's more fitting probably for my kind of taste. I, I won't, again, the Double Dash theme will be the only... Th I, I will be lowered into the grave hearing that. <laughs> I think you'll be repeatedly thrown in and out of the grave with yeah. the like tempo of that song. You know the old like coffin dance meme? That'll be me with just the Double Dash theme playing. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, the problem is that like the double dash theme is Scar, and I always thought that you were joking when you said oh, you were I really into Scar. Scar. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> I feel like you know, right at your funeral, we will all have to wear checkered dungarees. Why, and like... why do you think I've started in my casual life as well, just wearing braces? It's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get. I'm going to do that a fedora and then just checkered uh, trousers all the time. That's my new look. That's very brave of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I I do like. I think video game music is something I haven't noticed as much in recent years, and I think that's just because a lot of games I have what I call like podcast games, mm. which are mainly like non-story driven ones, like Far Cry Six and stuff, and probably Dying Light Two once I get through the main story, where I'll largely just turn them down and put on a podcast in the background. Yeah. Um. So I feel like I am maybe missing out on some of the more unique soundtracks, but then like generally. I uh, don't do that for like a narrative driven game. Like I couldn't tell you a specific uh, track from the soundtrack, but like God of War, the PS4 one had it like incredible kind of Norse yeah. sounding, it's, it's you know, got choirs a and very things. Unique sound. Well, because um, and th- this is gonna open up a view into my personal life for people, so they can right. judge me being the nerdy little boy I am. Uh, when me and my girlfriend now do sort of long road trips, a thing that we'll quite often do is play the video game soundtrack game where she'll oh, get okay. a phone and a playlist and then just shuffle it and then first one to guess what the game is from, uh, the song nice. the game is from, uh, wins a point. And we just do that. And Who's better at that, do you think? That. Oh, it's definitely me because okay. come on now, it's me. Um, <laughs> right, that's fair enough. What we've noticed now is you'll get the recognisable ones like the Tetrises and the Marios and the Sonics. Uh, and then you'll get like three minutes of different orchestral scores that sound very similar, and we're just sitting there going, "It's Uncharted or Horizon, maybe potentially." Yeah, it's a, it's a lot, and I think it's a lot of use of temp music where it's you just kind of it's gone kind of homogenous for a lot of modern games where it's just whatever. You've also got the Halo theme, which is iconic and probably the best orchestral song i would say i've never even played the game i fucking love that song. <sighs> yeah no i th- i think I, I, i'm the same where i've not i've played halo but no, i've never had an xbox but i could immediately pick out the halo theme like that is very iconic um i will say you just threw uncharted under the bus i think uncharted has an excellent soundtrack and i could right now i'm not going to sing it but i can you know li- hear in my head what the main theme of uncharted is I, I, as um, soon as i said that i could hear it as well horizon fair enough i've got no idea well that's Um, yeah last of us is phenomenal as well obviously naughty dog just still like a nice little um, song because even jack and daxter that the precursor legacy menu thing is very jumpy very happy there's like several songs like happy times with paramount like that's just ripping off jack and daxter let's be honest yeah um i think just while we're on the the video game soundtrack talk, and we, I don't know why, but immediately the uh, Smash Bros theme just popped into my head, which is way more dramatic than it has any right to be. <laughs> like when you first load up that game, and it's like, oh, you want to watch Pikachu kick the shit out of the ice climbers, but it's like this grand chorus and this woman oh, yeah. singing. I can't even remember the words, but it's no, so like. It's- hoity toity is crazy I, I like the fact that in the edit i'm gonna try and put all the songs to when we've been talking about it so while you're talking about how good it is you're just gonna have a random screaming of the <laughs> smash sound effects of the soundtrack going on in the background 
I'm uh, yeah, I'm trying to mention as many as I can to make your life as hard oh, as possible. Gonna be <laughs> this is going to be just the weirdest fucking DJ set in the world, essentially. Yeah, maybe this is why you and I aren't allowed to uh, DJ weddings anymore because we just put on the fucking the final boss theme of Persona Five. <laughs> is that a straight into a cha cha slide? It really adds to the energy. If the if the bride and groom survive the fight to the death that that song inspires. I'm just going to have a big sip of my uh, you, Kieran cider. You do the big sip. Um, mm, mm. And then I will find a way to alleviate my editing duties and wind down into another topic. Okay, best of luck uh, to you. Kieran, you like hanging out with other people, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Kieran, you breathe air, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, you yes, Tom, I like... a small amount of socialisation. I do enjoy um, a very small amount, any more than a small amount, and I will scream and cry <laughs> until I fall asleep or pass out. People think that's a joke. I've seen it happen. You yeah. reach your point, and you just you scream in a corner and pass out. If we hit an hour on this recording, I just scream into the mic until my laptop uh, dies. Remember we did a double bill recording. You uh, you had to sleep for seven days oh, after. I that. was noticeably very angry <laughs> yeah. on the second one. <laughs> People can go back and hear the venom in your words. They can. Anyway, what's what's this seamless transition? Uh, see, uh, I've been playing a bunch of co-op games uh, mm. with my lovely girlfriend. One of them, which uh, is a game that you've definitely played and is now become okay. a fan favourite, uh, Wargroove. Uh, I've played it, not very much. I didn't no. really get into it. I didn't know that was a co-op game, though. I didn't as well. And then I saw that there was always like a little co-op thing, but I thought, ah, that's, that's a one person against the other person, take it in turns. There's actually a co-op campaign to it. Uh, oh, really, cool. Really fucking fun, because it's a, it's a RTS, real-time strategy, so it's just kind yeah. of using your units. They have all got different abilities, can shoot different stuff. It's a, a war game with big armies, which is my kind of jam. Um, nice. And it's, it's just got me reminiscing about all like the best co-op games you can play as well. We've gone through the best yeah. video game soundtracks. Let's just and go on to the best co-op games ever. <laughs> if it would just do, um, this would be an hour of just reminiscing for stuff that people can't relate to. It's been great, <laughs> good content. I um I haven't played many co-op games as of late, just because unlike your girlfriend, my girlfriend isn't a huge gamer, and mm. I uh, don't have any friends. Um, and <laughs> well, hello, I'll, I'll see you later. Well, like me and you and a friend of ours, um, I don't, I don't really. I guess this isn't co-op. I'm assuming you're more thinking about like couch co-op kind of games. Yeah. Well, I think there's been a definite transition of I've. Well, I think couch co-op's starting to come back, but there was definitely yeah. a point where it was just it's multiplayer. That's what every co-op game is. It's just a multiplayer game. Yeah, because we well, you and I played a fair bit of. Um, uh, back oh, for what's blood? it called? Back for Blood, yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of, I guess, a co-op game because I don't. I was about to talk about Apex because me, you, and our friend Ross have been playing a lot of Apex Legends recently. But that's he, not really a co-op a game. That's a beautiful boy, and he'll be smiling he as is. we say his name. He will, but um, yeah, that's not really a co-op game. I guess. I guess you're more talking about, as you say, kind of the couch co- co-op side and stuff. I mean, the only game I've played recently that's couch co-op is um, I haven't finished it yet, but uh, Untitled Goose Game. Me and my girlfriend have been playing a little bit of that finally. Is that- and um, yeah, you can play it with you. It's it change. It's quite cool when you put another controller in. The title screen changes to Untitled Geese Game, and you're oh, both God. horrible geese. I, I've never played Untitled <laughs> Geese Game. Now I will buy as soon as this is over. I will buy it to play yeah, it. It's it's well worth getting because like my girlfriend says, she's not a big gamer, but like it's still approachable. Yeah. And um, 
we uh yeah we had a lot of fun i mean it's kind of like a lot of the objectives are quite straightforward some of them are kind of obtuse where it's just you're literally told like make the farmer put his hat on <laughs> and you just kind of have to work out how to do that and i think yeah. eventually you uh it's he like, has a hat on already and you have to like rip it off of him and make him get another one um but it's a very fun game like i mean this isn't news to anyone it was huge when it first came out but uh yeah it's a it's a fun time definitely I need to give it a go. I've, I've I've heard nothing but good things about it. Essentially, yeah. But I, it's I just, um. Oh, you go. No, I was just gonna say the only like. Sometimes I like making games, co-op games that aren't necessarily like I said about on the end of last year's kind of best of the year. My favorite, I guess you'd call it, co-op game from last year was um. Unpacking, uh, unpacking yeah which isn't you know it is technically only one player but it's the perfect game to play with someone else if you have a few hours where you just kind of go through the whole thing yeah. and enjoy it together but it's not necessarily like the same as goose game or by the sounds of it wargroove where it's you're both actively like kind of playing it yeah. well because we kind of did that with say um the resident evil village uh because oh right yeah. my girlfriend is a scared little cat um <laughs> And she doesn't like spooky, scary games. I tried to get her to play Resi 7, and uh, it would be a case of she would walk two feet and then put down the control and go, I'm just, I'm going to take five minutes here. Let's just. It's a very scary breathe. game, to it's be fair. Very, it's probably the scariest one. But just playing I think that so. with an. I think horror games are great for that, where it's just the kind of you just sit, chill out. One person can play it, sure, but everybody gets the same kind of atmosphere and engagement from it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case, especially with those first-person Resident Evil games. I mean, Resi 7, I remember, around-ish when that came out, I was at like a a party with a load of friends. It was someone's birthday, and we were all staying over, and we finished the night by just playing a bunch of Resi 7 yeah. together. It might have just been the demo, actually. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah it's you like... we played the demo a lot together when it came We out. did, yeah. Yeah, that was very, very fun. Same with um, Outlast and uh, the demo for Outlast too. <laughs> Which people won't know why we're laughing at that. That's a very inside joke. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, those were the days. Oh, um, so speaking of speaking of spooky, scary games, I just want to do a little mini. Uh, I guess I'd call it more of a first impressions than a review. But I have been playing. It came out last Friday, as of when we're recording this. So it'll be last last Friday, I think, when it, we release it. But uh, Dying Light Two, um, which was one of the many games out in February. And I am enjoying it, but I kind of wish I was enjoying it more. Um, have you played the first one? I have not played a single second of Dying Light simply because I, from a distance looking at it, I don't think it's the kind of game I would enjoy personally. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, it's, um, I mean, just to kind of contextualize it for people who don't know what Dying Light is, it is a first person um, zombie survival game with very strong kind of parkour mechanics so you'd assume for a lot of games first person platforming wouldn't really work but then like mirror's edge came out and showed everyone oh wow this is actually something you can do yeah. if, and if i you think put dying the effort into it then yeah. yeah you get a good um, result and it's yeah it's 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 uh it's just that essentially and it's like an open world game where you run around this city and do jobs and stuff and um it's got a day night cycle which is quite cool because at night the streets are pretty you can't really run around them otherwise you will probably get swamped and die so that's when like the parkour stuff is even more significant because you kind of have to keep keep to the rooftops and kind of um yeah jump around and all that jazz but uh i don't know i feel like it's the kind of thing which i don't like when people say this to me but it's the kind of game that you maybe have to play for like 
10 or so hours before it becomes fun. (laughs) (laughs) Just because um, the character progression in it and like the skill trees, it's quite a, quite an in-depth RPG, but that almost works to its detriment slightly because you begin where the combat, which is almost all melee based um, is kind of a bit shitty and the free running is a little bit janky and it gets better. It gets much better to be fair the more you play and the more you unlock, but you kind of have to really give it the benefit of the doubt of like, I've paid a lot of money for this. I want to try and make sure it's good. That's basically what my mentality was. Yeah, so it's, um, it's, it's only good if you can develop Stockholm Syndrome towards it. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. I mean, I don't know about you. There's very few first person games I've played that have a sole focus on melee and have been good. Like, uh, I feel like that is quite tricky to master yeah. just because of depth perception and things like that. Um, so the the kind of... I don't know if you eventually get guns. I think in the original guns were kind of in it, so, but quite rare. Um, yeah, it's like nail but yeah, guns it, and stuff. It was like fashioned thing, I think. Yeah. Um, whereas this so far, it seems it is only melee. And there is variety. You know, you've got one-handed machetes all the way up to like these massive battle axes and stuff. But uh, I don't know. Like the combat is a bit repetitive. And yeah, I mean, I feel like I've got more negative things to say about it than positive, And yet I am genuinely enjoying it. Um, so I don't know. I feel like if you're looking for like an open world action uh, survival game, you could probably do much worse. But there is also loads of great looking games coming out at the minute. I mean, Sifu came out um, this week that we're recording this and that yeah. looks amazing. I, I um, think that is, that is going to be probably the highlight of next week's episode because I'm going to definitely try and pick it up and play a little bit of it yeah i might try give it a go before then i don't know i'm kind of i'm kind of trying to be like uh i want to finish a game before i buy a new one it's just a shame that the game i've bought isn't amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i don't know it's uh yeah dying light 2 at the minute i wouldn't give it a proper review because i think it is a very sprawling game and i'm only about 10 to 15 hours in but i will say it's pretty fun um how are you uh I don't know why I'm opening up this uh, wormhole, but how are you getting on with Pokemon? Are you still playing lots of that? I um, as well as I said, I put it down for a little bit. Um, yeah. Still, uh, all of my opinions that were on last week still hold true. I, if anything, I've grown more appreciation for it because there's lots of little hidden mechanics and little things that I'm still just discovering. Just only like tiny little things that would be insignificant to normal people. There's a Pokemon called Nosepass, which is uh, the magnetic Pokemon. It's based on the Easter Island heads. Oh, okay. And um, because it's a magnetic Pokemon, when you go and find them in the wild, they're all pointing north. Oh, that's quite clever. Details like that. I just... Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, And it's the kind of game that... Because I'm I'm trying to be a responsible adult like you and go, I'm going to play through an entire game and then finish it and then get the next one. Um, Yeah. So it's made made playing games feel more like a job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, I have to to get home and I need to put in my two hours of Pokemon and then I can sleep. Yeah. I Um, think that's definitely the case for, yeah, like Dying Light as well is almost like I am enjoying it, but I am excited for when I finish it. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah, If anything, we've taken a bad approach to gaming recently. Um, (laughs) But it is... There's just too much. I mean, this is what we were talking about with TV and movies and everything. There's too much good shit coming out. 
There is. And it's like, well, if something isn't great, I don't want to waste my time with it. But then I have paid money for it, so I can't just fucking People not play it. People should go back to making awful games. So there's only they one should. good game every two months. <laughs> Please do that. I advocate um, a lot of things. Very good of you. Uh, well, you. I don't know about you, Tom. I've pretty much run out of things to say. <laughs> oh, I've got two hours worth of content left to say, but I'm going to hold oh, my tongue. Well, you save that for next week. Exactly. Um, I think that brings us to the end of yet another stellar episode. I'm very interested to see uh, if you actually <laughs> include all of those uh, I, video I game will, soundtracks. I'm going to make it the best goddamn mix of your life. Okay, so everyone look forward to this episode in about three weeks when you finally get your hands on it. <laughs> Please, um, two months but yeah, take that's, time. <laughs> that's the end of Babies of the Boys episode 28. Uh, thank you very much for joining us once again. Um, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a star rating on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at BevBoysPod. And uh, just message me and Tom and say, I don't know, what your favourite video game soundtracks yeah. are. And we may let people know what those are next week perhaps yeah, possibly we, do um, we need more content so if you could just give us some of that yeah that'll be give lovely. us some things to talk about <laughs> um well that's it so i will say this cider is i'm just going to take the final sip while tom sings you a song of the scottish Isles. i'm not gonna do that at all it, it would just end up being a hate crime so let's avoid that content that's a very beautiful song you just sung Thank there, Tom. You. Yeah, I was um, waiting for you to come back because I was like, I'm just left in this ambiguous silence now. Well, I think that's the end. So, uh, bye. Bye.